Mergers and acquisitions would face greater scrutiny under a series of proposed guidelines issued earlier this summer by the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice. The proposed policy changes apply to all sectors of the U.S. economy, but could have a significant impact on healthcare deals if finalized. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, August 7th. Thanks for joining us. In July, federal antitrust agencies unveiled 13 proposed guidelines that range from changing the market share threshold regulators use to examine deals to allowing officials to scrutinize the pattern of mergers and acquisitions of an organization. And in June, the FTC and DOJ issued proposed changes to the pre-merger notification rule in the Hart Scott. Rodino Act that could significantly slow transactions. On today's episode, I'm joined by attorney Stuart Vogelsmeyer. He's executive vice president and chair of the healthcare and business practices at Lashley and Bear, a mid-sized law firm based in St. Louis, Missouri. He shared his immediate takeaways from these proposals and how healthcare deals could be impacted. I think the administration made it clear in their comments when releasing the guidelines that I think the term they used is they want to reflect a more robust antitrust enforcement. So I think it's a, it's a message. Um, I think the 13 statements are all pretty, what I'd say, pretty strict and pretty, uh, at times, may s- seem onerous. And I I think the other interesting aspect from the healthcare standpoint is uh, I've heard some people in the healthcare industry say that this is actually going to hurt activity between smaller systems because the the burden of complying and the, the threat of regulatory enforcement may be too significant for maybe two smaller or two community-based hospitals who want to get together and drive some efficiencies, that it actually may be easier for the for the big systems then to navigate now. So I thought that was interesting. And what other concerns have you heard from clients or maybe those in the industry about those 13 proposed guidelines? Yeah, and I think one of the big concerns in those guidelines. I think it was number nine was that the DOJ and the FTC said that they will look at past, current, and potential future initiatives. And I, what I've heard from in the healthcare industry is, wait a second, past transactions. What do you mean by past transactions? Those are those have come and gone, and what those guidelines suggest is they really want to delve into a lot more of the strategic plan and what what's going to be next and and don't think you can do a bunch of series of small transactions and it's not going to end up on the radar and that's got a lot of people in healthcare i assume in other industries really concerned uh about getting into whether you'd call it privileged information or intellectual property, meaning our strategic plan, that sort of thing. 
So I think people are very concerned about that statement and what what the FTC and the DOJ are saying they're going to examine in the future. For the purpose of this conversation, here's that particular guideline you just mentioned as it's currently written. Uh, quote, when a merger is part of a series of multiple acquisitions, the agencies may examine the whole series. If an individual transaction is part of a firm's pattern or strategy of multiple acquisitions, the agencies consider the cumulative effect of the pattern or strategy, end quote. For healthcare entities, some of these deals could have been in the works for a while. And for a lot of forward-looking moves, do you think that this could have a possible chilling effect? Oh, I think so. And I know I know um, the interesting thing, I think one of the reasons I put a chill in it is they've talked about in some related FTC news where they've proposed new rules on the pre-merger notification filings, they've talked about going back and examining 10 years worth of transactions. And I think a lot of systems, if they think through that, are thinking to themselves, does that mean they're going to examine every physician practice that we've acquired in the past 10 years or every outpatient surgery center that we've acquired or every rehab facility we've acquired that you know, if there's a, if they're able to look not only at your future plans, but but what the cumulative effect of this is, it we may be talking about examination not only of hospital market share, but physician market share, whether whether they break it down to surgery center or rehab market share, and I think it, frankly, from what I hear, it it makes a lot of hospital executives, their heads spin about what they're going to have to, the due diligence that they're going to have to do before they even present something to the FTC or that in this case is significantly more than what they've been used to. Um, they've also been used to being able to say, we've got a letter of intent in place, not a binding deal. We're going to hand you that, and we'll work through things with you while you're examining our filing. And some of the proposed changes on the pre-merger notification filings suggest that you're going to actually have to have the deal documents all in place, all negotiated ahead of time, and then you're going to sit and wait. So I think both of these proposed changes are 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 suggesting to people in healthcare that that deals which are already when you're talking about hospital deals you might be talking about six months to a year they might now be 12 to 18 months from beginning to end and and lawyers accountants consultants are going to play an even bigger role in these acquisition in these transactions whether it's an acquisition or a merger do you think we'll see any flurry of activity before these proposed rules we've been discussing are finalized? It's hard to predict those things, but I would suspect you're going to see probably slightly less deals. Deals that are in the pipeline, I think people are going to proceed. Uh, the strategy involved in this isn't something that that you can speed up overnight. So I suspect there might be some folks that say, let's slow down a little. 
Um, so I, I could expect to see a slight reduction in the number of deals if these these go through. What have we heard in the way of stakeholder comments so far? American Hospital Association has already asked for more time to respond. I think, especially in the hospital setting, they're also going to say, and with all the pressures that the federal government has put on hospitals and physicians, you know, the latest proposed Medicare physician fee schedule as an overall reduction in fees. You know that, you you pay attention to that. And I think one of the arguments you're going to hear, and again, I will see how it comes out, is if the federal government is putting all this pressure, if a different agency is putting all this cost pressure and pressure for efficiencies through value-based care um, on health systems, how does another arm of the federal government essentially announce that we're going to make it harder for you to get together? Um, it's one of the things, I, and I'm not involved in the Geisinger-Kaiser deal, but one of the things that I'm aware of is they're saying, you know, we may have exhausted our economies of scale in our different markets, and the only way the only way we can get a more efficient and deliver more, they're both nonprofits, deliver more uncompensated care is to get together with another big system. So it, there's a lot of, I'm not telling you what's right or wrong, I'll leave that for smarter people, but there's a lot of concern that there's essentially mixed messages from the administration. And, and same thing has happened in the past, it's not just this administration, but others that you can't tell us on the one hand, we've got to be more efficient. And on the same hand, you can't, you shouldn't be able to tell us that if we try to reach some economies of scale in terms of, you know, whether it's employees or whether it's probably technology that is necessary. You can't tell us we can't do that when you tell us we've got to be more efficient and you're cutting reimbursement. So it's 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 a tough place to be in. It's a fun place to be in in terms of uh, of thinking through this. But but yeah, the clients have real concerns about their ability to to affect change in their current organizational state. That was Stuart Vogelsmeyer, executive vice president and chair of the healthcare and business practices at St. Louis, Missouri-based law firm Lashley & Bear. He joined me to talk about the recent spate of proposed policy changes from the FTC and DOJ regarding mergers, which could have a significant impact on healthcare dealmaking. Be sure to catch the second half of our discussion next Monday, August 14th. In that conversation, we go deeper into national mergers and how other organizations, including health insurers and private equity groups, could be impacted. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist.
The GIST Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.